This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yes, sir. Ladies and gents, we are back at you once again. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. This is a special show because Pat P was involved in a special event some days ago. The American Century Championship recap. This is what we do. Pat P is the golfer. Of the podcast. Yeah. I ain't really the golfer. I'm like the analyst. I sit and watch. I ride in the golf cart. But that's all I'm going to do. I might get out there and put put here now and again, but Pat P be out there for real. And with that being said, he was a participant in the American Century Championship. Pat finished 40th overall, score of 15, finished sixth among NFL, active NFL players behind Rogers, Thielen, Carr, Harrison Smith, Josh Allen, ahead of Pat Mahomes, who he called out, by the way, Travis Kelsey, who he <laughs> called out, by the way, Devontae, Baker, Rudolph. Friday, Pat played with Charles Woodson and Rondé Barber. Saturday, he played with Devontae and David Carr. Sunday, he played with Charles Woodson and Ray Allen. As you guys know by now, Steph Curry won the entire event. Pat P, outstanding weekend of golf, of course. How did you feel about your performance? Man, I feel horrible about my performance, first and foremost, but that's golf. You know, you yeah. have it's ebbs and flows in golf. Some days you have it, some days you don't. Yeah. But that yeah. particular weekend, I did not have it at all. I couldn't find a... a Why was it all? Why were you all? I mean, I couldn't find a putt and a noodle in a haystack. You know, um, it was... Just, I, 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 I don't know. It, 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 it I just wasn't there, you know, for the you know most what, part. But I enjoyed my time. I will tell you this, Mac. I enjoyed my time being there, all the festivities, around all the fans. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah, I want to compete and finish as high as possible. I did not do that this year. I played like hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, garbage ain't I good when it's hot, by the way. Say it again. I said garbage ain't good when it's hot. Exactly. So that's, it's a, that's how my game was. It was not hey. good, man. One thing I know about you, Pat P. You're at your best when you're fired up. You know yeah. what? I, I should have called you and just told you, man, they, they sleeping on you like PFF is sleeping on you on the football field. That's what I should have did. When people think you, you, you sad, nobody think you good, Pat P. You just a body on a golf course. Ain't nobody respecting did, you. Man. Like that's PFF don't respect you. They don't respect that's you on the golf course. That's what you should have did, man. Yeah. Because one thing about when he get fired up, when he, when he got something to challenge him, that's when he go to another. He's already great. But in regards to seeing the, the being greater, challenge Pat P and tell him he can't do something. And watch what hey. he's gonna do. He's he gonna give you a, pro, a proclamation and say, I'm gonna do it. So that's, <laughs> that's I should have did that. I should have said that. Now, how impressive was Steph Curry? Now I haven't had an opportunity to watch any of Steph Curry playing, but 
I was literally, Mac, I kid you not, the hole in one that the world saw on Instagram that went viral, mm-hmm. I was maybe about four holes away from it. And I kid you not, I was talking to my cat. I said, yo, Mike, that roar is like way too long and like way too loud. Because uh-huh. golf fans in Tahoe, like, they're golf fans, but they're not like the real golf fans like you see on TV that I clap for a 10-foot approach yeah. shot or maybe a five-foot approach shot. But a hole in one, like that's that's something you don't see. It, you know, that's that's almost like a once in a lifetime type type thing. Facts. And when the war was going on, because I was on hole number five at the time, part five, and Steph did it on hole number seven because I started on the back. And I'm like, Mike, that's a hole in one, bro. Like that roar is way too long and way too loud, louder than any other roar that we ever heard on the course in our five years being together. And I kid you not, our scorekeeper was like, yep, Steph just made a hole in one on hole number seven. I was like, I told you, Mike. <laughs> it was it wow. was it's just, it was just incredible to see, you know, you know, not only uh, an African American, you know, win the golf tournament, but you know, someone else less than uh, uh, than than a tennis player, than a basketball player. Like I like seeing the football and, and, and the basketball players, you know, compete at a high level and win it because we're the guys that don't really have that eye hand coordination that the pitchers, uh, that the baseball players, that the tennis players may need. And golf yeah. is all predicated on hand. I coordinate uh, uh, hand eye coordination, uh, hand and eye coordination, patience, um, dedication, and to see him do that coming off a, a long season was uh, definitely and uh, incredible. And he's still active, so it's not like he can right. dedicate time to the game of golf all year long. So that tells you how special he is. Let me ask you this question, Pat P. For you personally, do you see yourself winning this event? Right winning uh the american century championship event when you retired man you know honestly Mac, you know i i definitely i definitely see that for myself you know um the visions and the, and the dreams that i have for myself is they always seem seem to come back into like a full circle so yeah i definitely see it seeing it happen i don't know when um, but I love golf so much. I dedicate, you know, a lot of my time to golf. As you saw in my backyard, I got a par three in my backyard. So there you go. Um, like I love the game. So <clears throat> once I retire, I definitely feel like I can dedicate more time because my kids, they're still at that age to where I still got to take them to ballerina, swim classes, mm-hmm. where I just came from, uh, uh, dance classes and things like that. I'm still working uh to be you know the best product of me on Sundays you know so I still have a lot to juggle um right now but once I really really have time to solely focus on the game of golf I think I can definitely give it a shot a run for his money and possibly mm-hmm. no question I believe it I believe it I I believe it as much as you love the game especially whenever you're done playing football you have more time to be on the golf course. So, you know, there's no telling what type of uh, limits you can reach uh, when it's the gridiron is all said and done. And speaking of the gridiron, let's transition. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. To the gridiron, right? A lot of things took place in the sports world last week. And of course, with football, there's a little bit of, you know, cornerback beef. And I was told if you're going to have beef, make sure you got some red wine. I don't know why red wine, because I don't drink, but I guess it goes with beef. So I guess these boys had some red wine to go with their beef last week in regards to Asante Samuel Sr. and Darrell Revis. I don't know if you really saw the back and forth, but basically Asante came out and said something in regards to Sauce Gardner and basically said Tariq Woodland Woodland had a better rookie year than Sauce Gardner. And he also stated the New York media plays a big part into the hype that a lot of guys get from New York when they're putting on and doing what they're supposed to do in their uniform. Darrell Revis jumped in, of course, being a former Jet, speaking up for Sauce Gardner, and those two guys went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Darius Slay, friend of the show who we had on a few times, shared that he thought cornerbacks talk more trash and hate on each other more than any other position. What are your thoughts on that in regards to cornerbacks sometimes having these back and forths with each other? Why are you smiling, by the way? Uh, but in regards to other positions, we don't really see that a lot. Quarterbacks clearly don't do it. You know, right. running backs don't, wide receivers don't. But sometimes cornerbacks do. So what are your thoughts about that? Man, it's crazy that you just asked me this question because I forget who it was. Somebody asked me this in Tahoe. It was like, man, why won't they ever do like a quarter, uh, a corners back you know, uh, uh show kind of how they did the uh, Netflix with the quarterbacks. Yep. And it was like, man, it's just funny how like, you know, quarterback and cornerbacks are so they're just different. I'm like, we're not prima donnas, but we're definitely highly competitive towards Mm -hmm. one another. I don't know what it is. We can't work out together. We it's very it's, it's some it's some guys that 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 have may work out with another DB. Yeah, we're highly competitive towards each other because we're competing toward I mean against each other to see who's going to get that crown. Yeah, and I feel like receivers have a more of a persona of being prima donnas because they want the ball. We don't we don't need the ball in our hands. For that to happen. And I feel like that's all it is. We're just a, a, a version of a receiver of not being a prima donna because we don't need the ball in our hands, but we're just being super competitive towards each other. But the thing I do love about that is that, is that it pushes us mm-hmm. no matter what. Like, because there's always going to be a new corner like Sauce right now. They're saying he has a crown of being the best corner. You don't think Jalen is working just as hard to be mm-hmm. recrowned the best corner? You don't yep. think uh, uh, Darius Slay is not 
working because you you don't think he had an outstanding year this year? It's like how this rookie just come yeah. on the scene? And he, the rookie did have an outstanding year. I'm not saying that at nice. all. He had a yeah. great year, but you don't think that these guys who've been in the game as long as him not putting in that work to be recrowned. And that's the beauty of the game. And that's the beauty of the defensive backfield, in my opinion, is that we always pushing each other without kind of saying a word, letting the media kind of put it out there. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all striving to be the best. Because who we're guarding? Pass catchers. Guys mm-hmm. who are getting all of the glory. Guys who are going to be in the end zone. Guys who are, because at the end of the day, we're kind of villains. So if we're able to keep them out of the end zone and keep the ball away from them, the more glory that we get. No question. Why do you think DBs, big name DBs, cornerbacks or whatever, don't really work out together like some of the other positions? Like I just this. said, Mac, like, we're all competitive. Like, but we're, you weren't like that. You didn't mind people wanting to work out with you. And you still I don't. I didn't. I did. I still don't. But yeah. I feel like we're all competitive and we don't want to give away uh-huh. our secrets. Uh-huh. They don't give away things that they're doing yeah. to separate. I feel yeah. like that's the difference. For, for, for so, me. what made you so comfortable in giving away some of some of your your nuances that you? Just because, like, I feel like the game is going to be played way long, you know, way long when I'm done. Like, I don't want to if I have knowledge or a, a tool that I feel or the person who's working out with me feel that can help them. I don't want to hold that back because like we, like you always talk about the still away. Mm-hmm. Like this is my first year being a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's been an incredible ride thus far. I can't wait to see where, you know, this journey takes me, but you hear about guys giving back to the rookie classes, to the, to the young, to the, to, you know, to the youth on trying to help them become better. Mm-hmm. You done you did you did that for me. That's all I known. When I got to Arizona, that's all I that's all the older guys did. And when it was my turn, you do the that's same all thing. I did. So exactly. So it was it's just like full circle. So like, why not want to give back to the next generation, next generation to help make them better? Yeah, no doubt. You know, like you've been around me long. Like I'm a people's person. Like I love people. Like I be, I love being around people. And if I can give a tool a key or a nugget to help that person become that much more successful, successful, I'm going to give it to them. Man, no question. And I think that's how it should be. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't think like that and they're entitled to uh, their thought process. Uh, I, I, I'm okay with the back and forth as long as they're respectful. Right. You know what I mean? Because like you said, the way we go about our business, being a cornerback, you got you to gotta be kind of like an individual at times. Because right. when you out there by yourself, you out there by yourself. You out there by yourself. <laughs> you out there by yourself. You know how you know how I feel, Pat P. You've done this a lot of times when that receiver comes to the line of scrimmage, and before the quarterback gets in his cadence, whatever the case may be, if you happen to look behind you, you don't see nobody. Hey, <laughs> it, look, it feels like it's a one-on-one drill, but it's eleven on eleven. And you got millions of people watching you. And when you give that touchdown, they ain't going to say, well, the other corner. No, they're going to say the person who was covering got beat. So we, we we have been indirectly taught to be individuals because that's how our position. Indirectly. 
Yeah, indirectly. That, but that's how I position. That's what I position command of us. You know what I mean? Right. When you're out there on that island. And I think that is the mindset for most of the cornerbacks nowadays. I got to be an individual. And I got to be the best individual. And that's just a competitive, competitive spirit. So what we and saw we, last we, week. Yep. And, and to go back to your to the first part of your question about the New York media, I think that do that definitely has a part in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Just because you think about it, New York is what one, two top media it's top. market. In the- it's top. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that definitely has something to do with it, but lucky for them, they're in New York. No question. No question. And you weren't in a big market like that. Arizona wasn't, but you made it just do. You became a household right. name. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, your play will speak for everything else. So I'm, I'm okay with it as long as it's respectful. No one is going outside the box, hitting nobody with no underblows and nothing like that, low blows. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Unfortunately for Asante and Darrell, they retired. So, you know, they've lived their stories. Both guys have had great careers. Darrell will get into the Hall of Fame uh, in, in a matter of a few weeks, to say the least. You know, Zon has had a Hall of Fame-like career along with championships, so hopefully he'll get an opportunity. Yeah, so both you, – you can't sit here and say, oh, you talking trash about somebody else, but you were trash. No, both players were great, in my opinion. So it was healthy. It was nothing disrespectful. You know what I mean? And I'm okay with them being in a respectful debate. They're entitled to that because they experienced everything that they're talking about. Now, in regards to the current players, it's about your personal preference. If you think Sauce Gardner had a better year than Tariq Woodlin, you can go ahead and make your case. Who cares? That's your personal opinion. Both guys were unbelievable Unbelievable. in rookie year. You know, they're rookie year. And they they both made rookie all pro. Uh, All pro, yeah, exactly. So it is what it is. But it it happens every year. It happens. Yeah, it happens every year. But like I said, as long as it's respectful and they're only talking about the game, you know what I mean? No one is being disrespectful and calling someone out about their play. I'm okay with it, man. So it is what it is, but what you got? My question to you is, who had a better year in your your opinion? And... And I know you you a cerebral guy. Okay. Like so so this how this how like I'll answer this question. Who had the best year out of those two guys? Tariq Woodland... Tariq Woodland made plays, made more plays. Sauce didn't make as many plays as Tariq Woodland, but he shined when he needed to shine the most. Ooh. Sauce. That's what, so when, when, Sauce might have had only two interceptions, but I think he had a pass breakup at least every game, like 17 pass breakups or whatever the case may be. Tariq had like five, Tariq had, yeah, Tariq had five or six interceptions. He took the ball away. So that's why I said, of course, numbers don't lie. He made more plays. But when the spotlight was really on Sauce, he took advantage of it. He might have had a game where he didn't have an interception, but he made timely plays that led to their success. And also, too, you must factor this into the equation. Sauce, based on what he did, prevailed in a way that their defense was dominant. Yes. Seattle's defense wasn't as good as the Jets, but Seattle have also had a better offense to rely on as well. Right. So that's another thing we got to factor in when you're trying to do this compare and contrast situation with those who play as Tariq Woodland and Sauce Gardner. Sauce was in a situation where, listen, I can't give up anything. We can't give up anything because our offense ain't probably going to score 17 points, 20 points. Right. Geno Smith was cooking last year. 
And you know how it is, Pat P. You've been on both sides of the stick. Being yeah. a part of a defense that got an offense that can score points or being a part of a defense that our offense that can't really score. Right. That puts more pressure on you, right? When you know your offense can't really give you 21, 24 points easily like that. No doubt about it. So I think that's something, too, when you talk about the difference in pressure that both guys had to really in, in, in deal with. Sauce had more pressure because his offense was, was sad. Quarterback play was sad. They couldn't do anything. But but they both got what they were supposed to get in regards to recognition, in my opinion. All pro, rookie, pro, all, everything you talked about. No question. No two guys. Now, Pat P., as you know, because you jumped on the senior rookie year, surprised people. But then next the next year where everybody was saying, oh, what? Let, let, let's see what he do for his sophomore. You know, uh, campaign, right? Seven of them things, second year. So, so you got seven after having a, a heck of a year, your rookie year. You right. showed them year one wasn't a fluke, right? Right. What, you showed them year one wasn't a fluke. Now I'm here. I am him. Now, as right. you know, <laughs> we're gonna be watching both of those guys. Like, okay, we saw what they did year one because you, Mike Tomlin. Something I would never forget: the NFL is. The NFL does not care anything about your resume. It's about what are you doing for me right now? It's the here and now business. Hey, so, Matt, let's see. Yep. Last year, man, Deontay Jones, bro, he was one of the kind, like you said, he was one of those coaches that found a way to push my buttons. Like, no matter what, because like you you said, like, like you said earlier in the show, it's just find a way to piss me off. And I never forget we played the Giants the first time and he sent me, he, uh, cause he always pushed like me and Harry. He always put like little tabloids or something in our, in our game plan, uh, folder where we could only see it. Mm-hmm. But in our, in our game plan, cause like me being a vet, like I'm, like, I'm looking through my shit. Like I'm watching, like I'm, I want to see all the nuggets. Cause you know, most people, cause I remember my mom used to do this when we was growing up, used to put $5 in the book. Just in the book and be like, read this book. I want a book report. Yeah. Like, what was what, what was the book about? We were like, ah, just lying and stuff. Didn't even know that she put five dollars in the book. Report. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, going back to my story, coach, he's always put like little nuggets, like sporadically, in the uh, in my notes, in my, in my in my game day notes. And the first giant game. It was like, man, because that's when the uh, the Pro Bowl votes came out. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, nobody care about that uh, that you didn't make uh, a Pro Bowl this year. Nobody remember. Uh, nobody, nobody remembers what happened last week. What you gonna do this week? Mm-hmm. It was something in that sense. I was like, all right, and and, and me and him, we got a great great relationship. But he already knew like something that was gonna push me. And like, man, we were seeing eye to eye all week. But when game day came around, like I, I remember that now. I was like, all right, I remember what you I remember what you put in my game day. Uh, what's the name? And he he just knew the buttons. The push. push you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, 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 and and for him to be able to do that, it was I think that that was something that helped me, you know, be as successful as I was. Um, you know, last year. And no I can't wait to see, you know, what is going to happen, you know, what's going to happen going throughout the rest of the, my career because I have people that's uh, in my corner that's able to do that as well. Hey, heck, you got, you got, a, you got, you back with your former defensive back coach that was with you at LSU and with yep. Grady, right? 
Yep. And yeah, Grady used so, to do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so you got to help them say, push them buttons, man, so we can see that dragon come out. Yes, sir. That dragon come out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, hey, Pat P, appreciate you joining me, talking about uh, the American Championship recap that you were a part of, uh, American Century Championship recap that you were a part of, and, of course, talking a little bit of ball as well, cornerback talking. Let us know what you think in regards to our comment section. Which rookie cornerback had the better rookie year? Tariq Woodland, Sauce Gardner. Both were great in their own right. But let us know what you think. We love to read your comments. And also, oftentimes, we share them on our show. Man, until next time, as we always say to you guys and girls, tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you when we see you. Peace. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.